folks, it's Yannick Wistala. It's the Yannick Wistala podcast. We're doing three things today, the first of which includes opening, unboxing some toys, some new toys that just arrived from Earthquaker devices. Um, we will also be doing a bit of an update on the studio flood last week, what pedals made it, what pedals didn't. And I'm going to be showing you, giving you a little look inside what I've been working on musically this week and what I've been trying to add to my playing. And yeah, it's one of those things that you might think, oh, really? You, you, you didn't know how to do that after all these years? Like, what's the matter with you? Um, so I, I had the same, same experience myself. I said, hang on, do you really not know how to do that? What is the matter with you? And I decided to try and fix it. So that's what we're going to be looking at. Let's get to the earth. Let's get to the to, to the to the juicy part. Um, like, like I said, I think in the last episode, and just on the back of posting that video I made with the blooms, with the new uh, new Earthquaker devices, blooms overdrive, which I really dig. I had a ton of fun making that video. I guess as a result of that, and them sort of reaching out and taking a chance and having a pedal go on my channel and me making a video about it uh, I guess I sort of have somewhat of a little bit of a relationship with Earthquaker devices now I don't know I've never met any of them um, I'm psyched to be meeting uh, I think it's Luke at the NAMM show um, was it next week I believe uh, yeah just really super nice I've admired their stuff from afar they are not sponsoring this video they're not really sponsoring my channel they sent me a, a few pedals for free um i am going to make four videos on these because i sort of casually they said hey anything else you want to check out I, I sort of threw three random things out there and then they arrived a couple of days ago which was just amazing so really nice shout out to earthquaker devices for sending these things out um and let's get into what they are what are we going to do which order should we do this let's do the ones that actually make noise first because there's one sort of utility thing which i'm casually maybe the most excited about which is sort of backwards when you think about pedals and making sounds um first one is the disaster transport never seen this thing never opened it just uh just seen it on the interwebs and this is it this is the unboxing experience i've never quite understood the unboxing experience if you're only listening on spotify or apple music maybe head over to youtube to see how this goes oh it's a bag oh okay now I, I i totally understand the unboxing experience because you want to see how they present the thing it's in this nice is that cloth do you call that or canvas i don't know what you call that material but it's quite nice and here it is Ooh, toggle switches toggles why am i so crazy about toggle switches i don't know what it is maybe it's because just in one in three short clicks you do quite often if a pedal's well designed in three short clicks you do sort of three very different things and the disaster transport let's see if this is going to focus on it for you here um disaster transport is a delay modulation machine i heard the, the thing that made me curious about this was i heard somebody maybe even oh, i'm gonna get names wrong here i really don't know these guys personally so I'm, i think i'm gonna get names wrong but i believe the founder the chief weirdo behind a lot of these devices his name is jamie shit i really hope that's right i should have researched that beforehand but i think i saw a video of him tall looking dude with a beard i, I think that's the guy uh he there was something about one of the settings on this pedal, the repeats and how they were decaying. And, I, you know, I'm a sucker for old tape delays and granularisms, if that's even a thing. Um, and I heard that. I was like, oh, that's really interesting on, on my sort of ambient side of, of life. I'm just checking. I'm recording here. Yes. 
sitting for, again for people not watching i'm in a different position here everything's sort of upside down i'm also keeping an eye on the kiddo here on the monitor because it's nap time and i I'm, I'm sort of under the gun to get this episode out um anyway enough digression uh yeah i heard some of the decays on on the, on the delay side of this thing and i was like okay that sounds really nice sort of very destructive and old sounding i was like want to check it out so that is the disaster transport i'm going to do a video on uh, on each of these three pedals like i said last week the pedal studio is definitely making a comeback i'm going to try and do one a week let's see how that goes that may be too ambitious um and then as soon as i unbox things the box and the papers and all that kind of stuff gets separated almost immediately so i'm going to try and be better shove it sort of back in the box for now and put it to one side uh where can that go down on the floor for now and let's get to which one is this yes another like super weird uh, maybe this is on the weirdest end of their spectrum the data corruptor harmonizing pll synth i have no idea what pll stands for that's something i should probably know uh i'll figure that out before i make a video for it uh, again another cloth bag in the unboxing here these pedals are like that's what i was i'd never actually owned an earthquake devices pedal ever before until the blooms uh, literally last week or two weeks ago and i was struck by you know just the quality of everything actually the smoothness of the knobs the quality of the chassis it felt like oh you know what? i'm confident holding this you can sort of tell often when you pick something up does it sort of rattle around and feel thin uh, or does it give you some confidence that maybe you could take it on the road and put it on your pedal board and it would last more than three gigs so i definitely felt the latter there and i mean it's ridiculous there are so many controls on this one the data corruptor very much looking forward to checking this out and seeing where that could possibly fall in my uh my 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 uh, what, what am i i'm really searching for words today the brain is kind of fried where that fits in my orbit shall we say of sounds and subharmonic master oscillator voice mixer vibrato glide i mean there's just so many cool looking things on here and what i heard online was extra weird you know and um, i'm all about the weirdness and it's you know i'll make a video on it it'll probably get nine views there are nine of you out there that will really love this thing but hopefully earthquake devices will then sell nine of them and everyone sort of wins and everyone who's just sort of a passive listener or watcher gets to see the weirdness of the data corruptor now those are the pedals that really transform the sound and manipulate it and modulate it and do all sorts of weird things the third pedal that they sent me is as, as much as you guys know i love the weird shit i'm actually functionality wise i'm maybe most psyched about this one our third unboxing here our third box earthquake devices box it is dum da 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 let's take it out of the little bag they've all got the bags very nice oh got the bags oh it's reminded me of another pet oh and it's on the shelf as well okay i'm going to show you a bit of an unboxing of another company as well just based on the bag this is the earthquaker devices swiss things something i'm very interested and intrigued by in terms of how i set up my pedal board and i'll tell you why very quickly i'm trying to be really succinct this week because i want to get a lot of information out there and then go be available for the kiddo when she wakes up um the could i play bass with series that i've been you know uploading pretty regularly on the channel now i've obviously i've spent a lot of time if, if you've heard any of those you you will realize that they're basically all 
clean. Um, the signal is almost entirely just straight into the board. There are, there are various small things in front of it, but there's no modulation, there's no chorus, there's no delay, there's no reverb, there's none of that stuff, not even any overdrive for the most part on, on any of that stuff. In fact, maybe on any of it so far. Sometimes, and uh, of course, the camera is going to swing, the motorized slider is going to swing away from the thing I want to show you uh, first, but I'm here, I'm sitting next to my Ampeg, my Venture V3, often, uh, very often on those recordings and on recordings in general. I'm just coming straight out of the DI of that into the Apollo X8, which is my, you know, essentially my mixing console, my, my converter, and ends up being de facto console. As you can see here, it's actually called console, the, uh, the software that, that controls all of that. That is often the signal chain. And then I have options um, on this little slide-out shelf which you won't be able to see so well, but you, you can see it's back there. And if you go and look in the videos, you'll see, the, you'll see them back there in the shot quite often, even though it's a little dark sometimes. I have the Caveman Audio BC1 and BP1. Those have beca become kind of my... You, you picture a classic studio setup that has the walls of outboard gear, the compressors, the LA-2As and the 1073s and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of my small version of that, my miniature studio version for my bass signal. I actually have an old, is it called a T, hang on, I've got to get the number, TBP1, an old rack unit that Fender made, that's actually down there, you can just see it in the corner, I've had that for years, probably 15 years, I've got to say, it, I mean it's a tube pre, as far as I remember, um, I've used it very, very few times over the years, but it is in the rack, uh, for anyone who's going to be like, hey, but what's that back there? Um, I also have a PC in there, uh, and all, all kinds of stuff, um, and of course my my Helix Helix rack. But those, it's but basically what I'm getting at is that it's a clean signal. Maybe there's compression or a little bit of preamp. Um, and here our V3, a beautiful Ampeg, the new stack here. I got the 410 in the studio. I think I'm going to change that. I think the 410 is going to go up in the in the in the garage, so that's the gigging uh, cabinet. And then maybe I'm going to get a couple of yeah, maybe a 210 down here or a couple of 10s or a couple of two, something a little smaller for the studio. And this, I'm going to use the 700 or the 1200 probably for gigging in town. And this is the 300, which is just perfect amount of power for the studio. Not that it can't play gigs, but it really is amazing for the studio. So that's the DI straight out of the back of there. And what I've, what I'm, what I'm getting at here finally is that I would like to have just a way better quote-unquote clean sound on my live board and I think the Swiss things might really help that. I've had these two loops that I can potentially split the board in two and you know really kind of separate things out have you know even though I think most of the pedals I use a true bypass and all that maybe I can have a little less um, signal loss I think this is also buffered you know there are a bunch of it's very utility kind of almost boring but that to me is the most exciting part of just having the most amazing live clean sound again i'm clean in inverted commas i'll probably have some sort of preamp and some sort of compressor potentially in that clean signal chain but it won't have the stomp and the you know the what, what are my all my pedals here um it won't have like a bunch of granular granular delays sitting in the in the line those will be out on a maybe there's like a time-based loop and a modulation based loop or a pitch loop and a you know maybe the modulation of the time goes in another one either way it's interesting there's also a boost on here i've only just noticed that 
uh, output B, there's a phase switch. There's all kinds of interesting stuff on here. So that's the Earthquake devices, Swiss things. That, uh, you know what? I did say I was going to unbox one more thing. I was going to say that concludes the unboxing for today. But check this out. Talking about the experience of getting a pedal and having a really nice bag inside. One second. This, this is from one of my favorite companies in the world that I have uh, had pedals. I have the Rattler and the, um, what's the one with the fish on it? The, the, the Chorus and I have the, you can see up there, the, the Delay Llama Extreme. I have a bunch of pedals from Jam Pedals and Jam Pedals Custom Shop. Check this out. It's a beautiful box that it comes in, beautiful wooden box, and it says custom shop on there. And when I was first talking to them and they would want to send some pedals over, do some videos and stuff like that, um, they said, hey, is there anything you don't have that you would sort of like to have? And I said, yes, I'm always in need of options when it comes to parallel looping. Exactly what we're talking about with the Swiss things. That's a way more complicated one, but they built me. Look at this. And it comes in this like little, what you might expect a pair of Oakleys to come in or something, a really plush bag. It's still, oh, this has a, a what is that? Um, why do I always forget the name of this stuff, but I use it on every single pedal board I use? I always just say Velcro and it's not at all. It is, has a, has a name. I'm going to think of it later. Anyway, it's on the bottom because you can tell I use it. It's just a parallel loop pedal with a volume control and a really nice, quiet, non-clicking foot switch. I'm always a big fan of that. And a beautiful, like, really kind of spices up the board and adds a burst of color to it. Amazing company, really useful pedal. Again, doesn't do, doesn't make any sounds, but I get excited about things like that. So that's the jam pedals as a custom version. <coughs> parallel loop pedal i don't believe they make one in general but they were nice enough to put one together for me and again their little branded sort of high-end sunglasses bag which I, I really like it has this sort of you know they're from greece it has a bit of a mediterranean feel from it feel to it in that sense if you've ever been fortunate enough to take a vacation over in that part of the world and you've had some sunglasses i, I, I don't know it's a little nostalgia thing from when i was a kid perhaps it's a nice thing to unbox So part two of the podcast, we're actually being efficient here. I love it. Part two of the podcast is the update on what made it, what didn't. A uh, couple of things actually just started to rust out. There were some couple of utility pedals that I was like, oh man. And I, there were so many pedals on these shelves, like literally between these two shelves, the ones that flooded, there were over, I think, 120 pedals just stacked and piled and like jammed in which was unfortunate because I had literally started to use these sh shelves for storage the day before. Like normally they had not as few pedals that you see on them now, but they had just a row of pedals on each shelf. It was more of a display thing. It was a set dressing thing as, as well as being functional and I could see the pedals and grab them when I wanted to. It was sort of a way to spruce up the, the the look of these videos, especially for the podcast. But, but the day before the flood happened, I decided, you know what? There were just pedals all over the place and I need to get them in sort of a, a more condensed area in the studio. So I jammed those pedals, that jammed those shelves full of pedals, real drag, because that meant that a lot more pedals were affected when it flooded. Now, uh, I hope we've fixed everything. The plumbers were here and just making everything sort of hopefully leak proof from here on out. So I feel confident throwing, uh, throwing some pedals back up there. 
Um, so yeah, luckily some of the big ticket items I was able to, I really like, you know, really important things to me, like the Fabricat and the backlinks, which when the camera swings back around, by the way, there are some people commenting like, Hey, the movement of the camera going back and forth is really annoying. Okay. Um, not a lot. I can, I could just, just keep it dead straight and it would be way more boring for most people. So thankfully, this is a podcast. You have the option to listen mostly, and I'm not going to be changing that anytime soon. So if that is really a deal breaker, it will be sad to see you go. But it's something um, that it's nice to have a little more sort of visual interest in the production. Anyway, as the camera swings back around here, um, you, w- you will see that. Yeah, a couple of the higher-end things, the backlinks from Pladask Electric, uh, the EQ Circuitos, the Vibrato Coral, one of my favorite delay pedals. A bunch of these pedals that were, were up there, I got the backs off them immediately. I dried them out. Hairdryer had this little... Actually, I'm going to turn that off. It's probably been picked up on the mic. And uh, yeah, damn it. I've had the heater on the whole time here. It's freaking cold in California right now. Um, I got the heater going on it and... I, I mean, I got to work on trying to save them as fast as possible, and I did. You know, and I stopped a lot of a lot of rot, literal rusty rot. But there were a couple of things that I didn't get to, which were lower priority. You know, a couple of utility pedals, foot switch things that they've. You know, a couple of them I haven't even turned back on yet, so I don't know a hundred percent if they're dead or not. But they definitely have suffered a little bit of rusting for sure. Um, it was just a mess and there were so many things going on as well we had a family of, of we were visiting that day it was it, it was insane it wasn't like i could just stay down here afterwards and work non-stop on on rescuing them all but yeah a lot of these ones that you see on the shelves made it no problem my you know my trusty three leaf um tim lefebvre the original white jobby the mood the dub terrania Muga Fuga cp251 got the blooms up there the ren and cuff pickle pie helifuzz the wmd super fat man i've got my caveman audio bp1 compact here in the background uh got a stomp xl this is a miura the k3 i believe it's called preamp and di super cool thing i want to do a big preamp and di shootout soon um you know i have the caveman stuff i have the noble i have the miura i have a bunch of things this teletronics I really do, and at the Aguilar, I've got a bunch of nice um, nice options like that. I want to try and add a few more. I'm going to reach out to JHS Pedals and see if they're interested in sending over the color box. That, is, that always seems to make those kind of DI shootout lists. And for bass, it would be interesting because uh, I know a bunch of people use it for that. I'm not sure I can get my hands on a ready DI. That's always a popular one. I was actually using one recently in the studio in New York, doing a new Manuel Valera uh, piano trio record. Um, so I'm familiar with it, which is good, but I'm not sure I'll be able to get my hands on one. I have to ask around. But I'm trying to get into the zone of like not being shy about asking and i'm not like asking for free gear it's maybe just hey do you want to feature this in the video hey if you want to leave it with me and you you want to donate it to the pedal studio to the library to the channel hey fantastic i'm not asking for money for people uh, from from companies to make videos on their products i'll never ever do that it was something i was thinking about this morning we will digress here just a little bit to go into into some details about something i feel quite strongly about just because there are a lot of channels out there that do sort of I don't do reviews. Do I do demos? Yeah, maybe because I'm demonstrating the product. I'm giving my opinion on it, but it's not really a review. Um, 
I kind of sort of hate that, but there are a lot of paid review channels out there who take a bunch of money from, and I'm really not sure how some of the smaller companies afford afford the prices because it's also not cheap um, to get a paid review on a big channel. And there are a lot of companies out there that not only do that, but they don't tell the audience they're doing that. So every video they make is like, hey, check this out. And this is awesome. And we did this and that and the other thing. And, and it sounds like this and we love it. And you're like, wow, you love the last... 30 40 100 pedals that you reviewed on your channel that's impossible you know um and i always say to companies like hey you know if if, if you're going to send me something like i can't guarantee i'm going to make a video about it i'm interested to check it out but if, if if it's not something i'm into and and would actually recommend or use myself i, I think it's better to maybe not make the video on it i don't want to make a, a a negative thing about it just be like hey it wasn't for me or maybe you want to try upgrading this or changing that and come back and, and and then it could be better but yeah so i'm i'm trying to get into feeling less uh self-conscious about asking you know like josh from jhs Pels. i don't know him by the way i've just i know who he is i'm a fan of the of the of their channel of their products of their brand of their company and um that's an email i want to write in the next couple of days say, hey are you interested in sending a color box over to the channel would love to include it in a big di shootout for instance with the noble and the caveman and all the all the big boys you know would be interesting and other stuff as well i like the blooms for instance from earthquake devices i was just blown away um about the quality of it and 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 how cheap it was like 99 dollars. i don't think that is a massive uh, price tag for a pedal that 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 is kind of versatile it doesn't just have to be an overdrive it could be a boost as well and yeah it was really nice um so i'm all about that trying to have some range it's not just all weird you know uh, big uh, what is it uh, data corrupt or disaster transport or it's not all just super weird super expensive stuff i really want to try and do more variation so that's where i'm at with that um i got a really nice email from uh, from a company that's a single person company a builder in the uk i believe um called lucid hand lucid hand i believe that's the name and they have they make two pedals they make a compressor and they make a uh, sort of an overdrive i think it's based on a proco rat but it sounded the, the overdrive sounded amazing and then i checked out other people's videos on it and they'd done videos and they're like hey and they'd done both your videos on both the pedals and they said the the the, the overdrive sounds amazing but we think the star of the show is the compressor so i've heard that a bunch from different people so i'm psyched to check it out they're arriving this week uh they will be featured on the channel for sure um because so far i've liked what i've heard so i know it's something that i dig sonically it's not something i'm hearing for the first time or, or trying to figure out from the ground up i know i'm actually gonna do a video on it which is awesome um and i'm i can't remember what the price point is on those either I'm, i don't think they're super budget pedals but i also don't think they're like four or five hundred dollars either maybe they're sort of in the middle um so yeah i'm psyched about that um trying to go in that route and pedals are arriving which is amazing and i'm like i said i'm breaking all my rules going to the nam show for the first time in many many years something i loathe as a thing but it does bring together a lot of the people i would love to talk to about this <clears throat> in the same place you know that i would love to speak to the people from meris for instance they have a couple of bigger box items the what is it the lvx and the mercury the new mercury reverb which would be amazing to to check out while well, my screensaver is going absolutely mental in the background that has to be distracting one second wrong password great 
Okay, that's better. Um, not so much flashing light, epilepsy causing uh, distractions in the background. So yeah, Maris, there are really a bunch of people I'd love to talk to. It's going to be great to meet the people from Earthquake Devices, like I said. And uh, yeah, and then let's see where it leads. You know, we get some momentum. That would be fantastic. Be, become established as a channel that, that puts out, you know, solid content around pedals for the bass community and for anyone else, of course, who's, you know, interested in what, what this stuff sounds like. Um, obviously, hologram, the microcosm would be amazing. We're talking about really big ticket items there, which, uh, you know, I don't expect, I don't expect anyone to send me anything for free, actually, um, despite the fact that I be want to become better at asking uh for, for, for at least loners for, for videos. But yeah, those bigger ticket items are probably way more difficult to come by. Um, but we, we build it up slowly. Um, quite an anomaly happening in the last couple of days, if you've been paying attention to the main channel, put out a video about pentatonics. And apparently it checked all the boxes for the algorithm. And like in the first two days, it's doing like 35 or 40,000 views, which is 12 or 13 times what a video normally does for me on this channel. So I'm hoping I can capitalize a little bit on that. And if that can include the gear stuff and music education stuff and bass stuff, then fantastic. Um, that all sort of helps make it worth it. You need a win once in a while. You know what I mean? I'm all about having the all, all about the knowing that i love what i do and I, i'll do it no matter what and i'll make albums whether they sell one copy or one million copies i've always said that i have the willpower to to keep going and and just because i love it so much but i cannot deny that it is nice to get a win once in a while um and to use the information from that win in terms of a video blowing up a little bit to do better next time not to be like view hungry or, or, or get greedy about it but to be like oh so what connected here what did i say what did i do that actually helped people out that made people not only click on the video and watch it but actually stick around like the view duration was up the click-through rate was up the, everything was up it was like green arrows if you know anything about the back end of youtube and the analytics it was just green arrows in their little circular boxes pointing up across the board and um the main source of the traffic was said external, which means somebody posted it somewhere or shared it somewhere. Um, but then the analytics said it was just from Google search. So maybe pentatonics are just a very searched uh, thing on, on, on Google. I don't know. Hopefully I'll find out at some point. It's probably too early to tell. Um, but that, that was great this podcast as it's long form as I, as always i expect it to do very low numbers but that's all good i love the podcast audience i love the uh, i love being able to sit here and just talk and and go like stream of consciousness and not have to edit it down like i do the the real dedicated subject videos and now we get to our third component which is what i've been working on musically this week and the thing i said like oh man you don't know that already and the thing is, it's not like I don't know it. It's just another layer to something I know, which gives me some more options, which I was really sort of happy to. And it's not like I, it's not even like I haven't worked on this. I just haven't worked on it for a long time. And I use, so we're talking about, we are about to talk about, I'm about to show you some stuff with triads and chromatic approach notes to those triads. And of course, like some of my books are dedicated to that. It's like something that's in my playing and has been for a very long time. It's something that's naturally in my vocabulary. I just hadn't sat down in a long time and practiced it like this. And 
Let's see how we're doing with level here. Get a little bit more juice in the room. So the more tuned in ear or more advanced ear might recognize that as being arpeggiated or broken triads. And that's based on the melodic minor. It's quite a, a well-known sound within improvisation, within jazz, within some of your favorite bass, like um, uh, Adrian Faraud's basically entire career is based around the melodic minor scale. I mean that not in a bad way at all. Uh, I mean that with a lot of love and, a, of course, a, an, an enormous amount of respect for what the, what the guy does. Um, but if you were ever wondering what that sound is, it's very much rooted in melodic minor and being able to use melodic minor in a bunch of different situations, not just when it's a minor situation, but being able to use that on dominant chords. And yeah, you listen to a lot of his music and the way he writes and the way he plays and the way he superimposes his vocabulary and his language uh, through song forms and over harmony. It's, it has a lot to do with melodic minor and a lot to do with dominant chords. Now, to a lot of improvisers, that's not going to be any sort of mystery. There's a scale, there are triads based on it. If you wanted to take it to sort of its most basic format, you'd look at maybe a major scale. I'm sick and actually, fuck that. I'm sick and tired of everyone. Like, so when we talk about Dorian, it's D Dorian. They immediately go to C major. I know if you've never heard about modes before, it's perhaps easier to, to, to explain things when it's just all the white notes of the piano when it's in C, but let's do it in. Let's do it in uh, let's do it in E flat. It's just random. Let's take a random key. It's all the same sound. It's a major sound. I was going to do it in in C, but let's do it in E flat. So what I was saying was there are triads based on the notes of the 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 the, the steps of the scale, the different degrees of the scale, and in a major. When you go in a major major scale, these these are your options. So it's the same concept, but now we do it with uh, with a melodic minor. I was doing it with C melodic minor. So you could play triads, and these are the triads based on each degree of the C melodic minor scale and by broken triads I'm just breaking literally breaking them up and playing them more like an arpeggio that here I'm starting from the fifth of each triad just so you know and there's a sequence to it there are there are two when you start from C and go from C to C and yeah, I'm just happened to be using the fifth note. I could be going root three five. And they all have a slightly different sound and feel to them, but just for the sake of this exercise, let's start on the fifth. And we use four notes on each. We repeat the fifth at the end of each triad. So you get two minor triads. C minor and D minor. Then you get this augmented triad, and then you get two major triads in a row, F and G, 
and then you get these diminished triads two in a row before you get back to your root again so it's minor minor augmented major major diminished diminished and you're back to minor back to one again so there are patterns and shapes and sort of formulas buried in all of this stuff there are a lot of ways of understanding it of seeing it my or, or, or as always my preferred way is to hear it and to do it first rather than think about all the technicalities and the theory and the harmony behind it so so that's deep 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 into my playing that always has been so many different shapes and patterns and ideas that can be uh can be played using those triads going up and down that that situation and of course they don't have to be based around c minor i played a b7 sharp nine there as a five chord going to one so that c minor c melodic minor over b7 going to e minor so it can be a one sound it can be a five sound it can be all kinds of different sounds um back to the exercise thing that what i was and what i mentioned before was chromatic approach notes so um the last couple of days i've been working on chromatic approach notes from the root so you literally just take a half step below the root of each triad so we've got c d e flat augmented f g a diminished b diminished c and we take a chromatic note a half step below each of the roots now some of those notes are within c melodic minor some of them are very much not so we're all good there because b to c that's all in melodic minor the second triad we've got c sharp that's not in the scale third we've got the e flat augmented so a half step below e flat is d that's in the scale but when we go to f e natural is not g f sharp is not a diminished g sharp is not and b diminished a sharp or b flat is not so some of these are are outside but that's the idea it's it's a sort of a tension creating thing yeah. and chromatic approach note to the fifth for instance so so many ways you could approach it uh, you could go chromatic approach to the third and play patterns around it but just adding um, uh, so many different ways to go about it and i think i'm gonna make sort of a dedicated maybe the like the five stages of triads or so five levels of playing triads or something and really start off simple with with a basic triad get into spread triads get into inversions maybe get into 
um, parallel motion perhaps and then end up with like chromatic approach notes to triads to, to, to create linear ideas as maybe one of the more advanced levels of using triads in improvisation using triads in composition and, and all kinds of things comping you name it because as linear and as upper register as this might sound it's all vocabulary it's all vocabulary you can use in your walking in your bass lines just all over the entire range of the instrument i just happen to have been you know practicing it you know more as a linear idea and I think I was listening to a lot of Coltrane for a couple of weeks, John Coltrane, and he does that so much, like the chromatic approach thing to triads. And I, it just like, it jumped out at me finally. I was like, oh, that's what Train's doing there. And it's like this extension from chromatic approach notes in bebop and they're going to play more modally and the melodic minor being a big thing and just like uh, it just sort of kicked open the door and I ran through it and just started creating exercises. So... <coughs> The voice is giving up. I really need guests on this podcast to take some of the, or a co-host to take some of the weight off my shoulders, or my voice rather. Anyway, that's it. That's basically what I've been working on. Something I'm looking forward to sharing a little more. Something that is in, for sure, the altered book. My my book, um, Bass Player's Guide to Altered Chords and Scales. And a lot of stuff in uh, my Practice to Performance book is sort of based a lot around the melodic minor. So the pe- the pentatonic thing I just posted, I, I want to... Th- I hope one of the reasons it was so so uh, successful in terms of YouTube and stuff was that it sort of added some value to the book. I, I took something from the book that was like 100% exactly as it is in the book, and then I was like, hey, but you can expand it like this. Oh, and by the way, you can use the play on play-alongs and play bass lines with them. You don't have to do the, the pentatonic exercise over that. So I really want to start doing that more with the books and showing you, know, showing you guys stuff like this, stuff that you know these books were written because those are elements of my practice routine and i absolutely use and have used all of them for many years but of course time marches on and you get more ideas and you expand upon them and you get bored with the old thing and you're like oh how can i adjust this and make it hipper or how can i make it more importantly challenge me more Uh, i think that's always what i'm trying to do so the more sort of challenges and and information that builds upon those books i can put out there the better i think on youtube and um sort of will endeavor to do that two or three times a month and really give people uh, another option for the practice routine i think that's the probably the best use of my time with youtube when it comes to helping people be better musicians uh all right that's it i went a little longer than even i'd intended to today i'm amazed the kiddo's still asleep oh such a big win and uh yeah more videos coming Earthquake devices, Lucid Hand devices, their two pedals. Really looking forward to those. And hopefully, post NAM show in the end of January, there will be uh, just boxes everywhere in here. It's like, a, like hopefully, it'll be a kid in a candy store or just an old dude in a pedal store, basically. We should change that saying. It should be old dude in a pedal store. Gray beard, lots of pedals. Should be the new kid in a candy store. Um, and, and just being able to give you guys a ton more information and show you how i use all this shit as well all these pedals and some of them aren't the easiest things to figure out either and if anyone remembers the red panda meltdown of 2020 
I'm also not the greatest person at figuring this shit out. And sometimes I just throw it down the yard and that's it. Long may it, long may it stay there. All right. On that bombshell, I'm out of here. Appreciate you watching uh, this long. If you did, that's awesome. Um, links to everything are below, as always. Books, base courses, the whole shebang. Don't forget to sign up for the mailing list. That's where a ton of information goes out on my substack, yannickwasdollar.substack.com. And everything else is at the store, yannickwasdollar.com forward slash store. The physical books. Holy cow. So like it's going so crazy. I had to buy like a dedicated label printer because I was I just can't like just cut the the shipping uh, slips out of paper anymore. I had to streamline it, line it. So uh, really appreciate everyone doing that. I'm very happy that the the element of me signing them and mailing them out personally is something of value to you. Also, I've got ton of books on order the pentatonix book sold out this weekend almost immediately i think i only had 15 or 16 copies left so i've ordered a shitload more of those iconic lines is all gone practice the performance there's like one copy left i'm really low on stock but i'm going away for a few days when i get back all of those books will be back in stock and i'll be uh doing my runs to the post office every morning and getting them out to you all over the world um all right that's it appreciate you guys love you see you on the next one